Today in Science from Wired. The modern world is aging your brain. In a remote part of the Amazon, anthropologists and neuroscientists are learning about life and health without an embarrassment of riches. Beside the schoolhouse turned medical station in the northern Bolivian village of Las Maras, everyone is waiting for breakfast. Today's meal is rice and eggs, generously salted and adorned with globs of mayo, hearty fuel for a workday of foraging and hunting animals. Sheltering from the rain under palms, rubber trees, and a series of large tarps, the people are aged from 40 to 80 plus, all of them Chimene, an indigenous group living in the lowlands of the Amazon. Each has been asked to fast until they've had a voluntary medical exam. Blood draws, urine and stool samples, respiratory tests under one tarp, artery stiffness measurements under another. While they wait to speak with the doctor, people give interviews to fellow Chimene who are collecting anthropological data. Later, if they desire, the interviewees will take a drive to the nearby city of Trinidad to get their brains scanned. The routine was familiar for Hillard Kaplan, an anthropology and health economics professor at Chapman University in Orange, California, who has been working alongside the Chimene for 20 years. His life's work is to study how people in their society age compared to people in the United States and Europe. Between 2014 and 2019, Kaplan led a mobile team of doctors, lab biochemists, and anthropologists, more than half of whom were from the indigenous population, to more than 100 villages. They collected data from those willing to share it and provided health care to those who wanted it. Everything is up to the person, what they want to do and don't want to do, Kaplan says. About 90% of people agreed to participate. Though some Chimene interact with broader Bolivian society, their way of life is less industrialized than most. Chimene villages have no running water, and most have no electricity. They use slash-and-burn agriculture. People hunt on foot for animals such as peccaries, a kind of pig, which means they must expend a lot of energy to simply eat. In some ways, their way of life gives a glimpse into the past. That means a lack of modern healthcare infrastructure, but also, as Kaplan and his team have come to suspect, protection from the ills of urbanized life. Time and modern life take a toll on brains. Cognitive function naturally fades as brain cells shrink and die. Some cells get replaced, yet many don't. So brains get smaller with age, starting around the time a person turns 40. This atrophy accompanies declines in cognitive function and is a common feature for neurogenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or dementia, which affect more than 55 million people worldwide, according to the World Health Organization. But our fundamental understanding of brain aging has a problem. It's biased. Far more studies pick apart the aging brain in white, industrialized populations than among racial and ethnic minorities, especially isolated societies. Kaplan and his team want to change that. Their previous work has shown evidence that groups like the Chimene don't suffer the same burden of cardiovascular disease as the rest of the world. Could the same be true for the brain? We didn't know what we would find, Kaplan says. Now his team has evidence that the brains of the Chimene and neighboring Mosaten people may age slower than yours, mine, and the brains of pretty much everyone else in the industrialized world. Something about the lifestyle is affecting brain aging, Kaplan says. He thinks he knows what that something is, and that it can teach us how to better control the aging of anyone's brain. Public health in remote societies could enlighten public health elsewhere. Back in the 1980s, Kaplan was working with the Mashigenga, 
an indigenous group who had only recently come into contact with industrialized society in Peru. As Kaplan observed their lives and conducted interviews, people would often ask him for help with health problems. But the young anthropology professor had no medical training. So he asked a colleague, physician Benson Dates, to come along to perform checkups. Dates flew to Peru in 1987 and diagnosed patients with a litany of infections. But he was surprised by what he didn't find. He heard no murmurs or other cardiac problems. The Mashiganga had healthy hearts and blood pressure levels, even in old age. Kaplan concluded that they might be spared many chronic diseases. That hunch stuck with him. Three decades later, Kaplan is still connecting the dots between lifestyle and chronic disease, and he's still offering healthcare in villages that host his team and work with them. The people in the villages get their medical needs met. The researchers, in return, get to learn about diseases of the heart and brain. Over the years, Kaplan's team has reported that, like the Mashiganga, the Chimene have higher-than-average rates of infection, yet lower rates of heart disease and diabetes compared to people in the U.S. and Europe. These were not conditions associated with aging, says Daniel Ayed Rodriguez, a biomedical researcher at the Universidad Mayor de San Simón, Bolivia, who has worked with Kaplan and the Chimene since 2004. Nor were these people with healthy hearts isolated cases, says Rodriguez. The lifestyle of the Chimene seemed to be the healthy recipe. On the other hand, a majority of people in the U.S. today die from diseases of aging, Heart disease, cancer, hypertension, diabetes, and Alzheimer's accounted for 56% of U.S. deaths in 2019. The problem is that industrialized societies are an unnatural environment for humans, full of cheap calories and opportunities to be inactive. Kaplan's team wanted to see if a non-industrialized life versus a modern industrialized life would also benefit the brain. For their latest paper published in March, Kaplan continued his ongoing partnership with the Chimene and started a new one with the nearby Mosaten, a rural indigenous group that farms more and is more involved in modern markets than the Chimene. The Mosaten are less dependent on hunting and foraging, meaning they don't have to work as much for their food. All the participants the team studied were over 40, because that's when scientists expect the brain to age more noticeably. After the daily breakfast and data collection sessions, participants would go to a nearby hospital where specialists would image their brains and chests with CT scanners. Brain scans would yield a total volume of brain matter for each person. Chest scans would reveal deposits of fat and calcium in and around the heart. The team also collected data from people like their height, body mass index, and cholesterol. Four years and 1,165 participants later, the results revealed a stark difference. When compared to similar data taken from the U.S. and Europe, the Chimene fared much better, especially in old age. Chimene brains lose about 2.3% of their volume per decade, compared with around 2.8% for the Mosaten and about 3.5% for industrialized populations. For septuagenarians and older, the difference nearly doubled. In industrialized populations, brain volume usually drops with increasing body mass index and non-HDL, so-called bad cholesterol. But Chimene and Mosaten brain volumes largely increased with rising BMI and cholesterol. Kaplan believes this discrepancy makes sense given humankind's evolutionary past. If you have to work a lot to get your food, more energy actually helps. The Chimene walk 17,000 steps per day. Older Chimene provide food and care for their grandchildren and don't really retire, Kaplan says. People who live in the U.S. and Europe on average work much less for their calories, which creates a surplus. 
To Kaplan, the new data suggests a sweet spot between energy in and energy out, and that it's fine to build up a higher BMI if you expend a lot of energy too. But without that balance, you may lose brain volume faster, perhaps due to poorer cardiovascular health, although the exact mechanism remains unclear. We're at the point where we've overshot the mark, he says, of industrialized populations. We have too many calories, too little physical activity, leading to negative effects on our brains. The team refers to the phenomenon as the embarrassment of riches hypothesis. While this is the first study to compare brain volume between people in such different societies, others have pointed out the link between exercise and dementia risk. Studies estimate that the risk of dementia drops by at least 30% for physically active adults. Exercise may reduce inflammation in the brain and sustain hardier connections or synapses between neurons. Last year, researchers autopsied U.S. participants of an aging and cognition study and discovered that those who exercised more had higher levels of biomarkers tied to synaptic function. We're starting to understand that these behaviors that we engage in can change how our brain develops, says Caitlin Casaletto, a neuropsychologist at the University of California, San Francisco, who led the autopsy study but was not involved in Kaplan's work. Maybe we can play an active role in how our brain develops with age. Casaletto says that Kaplan's work with the Chimene and Mosaten populations addresses an important representation problem in aging and brain science, that most people studied are white and live in industrialized societies. But while the findings broaden our understanding of brain shrinking, it also brings a lot of new questions, too. In other studies involving U.S. and European participants, the relationship evolves. High BMI in middle age indicates bad brain health, but low BMI in old age tracks with frailty and dementia. Overall, Casaletto finds the embarrassment of riches hypothesis compelling and worthy of more testing. Still, a tricky thing about comparing such different societies is that researchers are only evaluating who actually survives to old age. It's a bias inherent in many aging studies, and in Bolivia, indigenous populations have higher rates of early death, primarily due to infections. The adults that made it to this point may not be representative of the whole population, Casaletto says. They may have certain genetic or social or other biological advantages. Back in Bolivia, the Chimene population has recently begun integrating more thanks to cheaper canoe motors. There are benefits to integration, Kaplan notes, like easier access to food. The modern lifestyle is more comfortable, Rodriguez adds. Even though they are conscious that their lifestyle can be healthier, it's full of limitations related to transport, trading, healthcare access, education. More integration also means people may get closer to healthcare. Doctor visits once held in thatch-roofed schools may give way to more frequent trips to the city. But as the population modernizes, there is always the chance that the Chimene will succumb more frequently to ailments common in industrialized society. It's even possible the condition of their brains may start to change. Whatever happens, Kaplan and Rodriguez know that there's much more to learn. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com slash science.